Amen. It's a good day to be in the house of the Lord. I'm so glad that you're here today. We come together in His presence to rejoice in His name. Glory to God. I'm excited about sharing a message from God's Word with you today. I believe the Holy Spirit is going to work in this time in His presence as we worship Him in the Word. This is what God honors. He honors our obedience. He honors our surrender. He honors His Word. God honors His Word to the, to the same level as His name because His name depends, the, the value and the reliability and the glory of His name depends on God keeping His Word. And that's why He does always keep His Word. Amen. Father, I pray that the Holy Spirit will give great anointing today, that your words can be spoken not only in power but with lucid clarity so that we can receive what you have for us into our spiritual understanding and develop as your children growing in the likeness of Christ. Help us to understand, Lord, that living for Jesus is not all about us. It's all about you. And we want to become more and more like you as your word is revealed to us and taught to us by the Holy Spirit and brought alive in our own spirits. This day, Lord, make that continue with us and in us in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. I announced my subject today is don't overlook the miracles. As I kept studying and developing this and reading scriptures, I thought perhaps I should have named it don't overlook the supernatural. But then I realized while I am talking about the supernatural, and the fact is that every miracle is supernatural... Sometimes our connotation of the word supernatural isn't quite as spiritual as it ought to be. A lot of people think about sounds going through the house and wondering if there are evil spirits there. There are some people who don't like to walk around here once it gets dark because there's a cemetery over there. I heard somebody say he saw a ghost over there. He, he did. But... That's not the supernatural that we're talking about. When I talk about the supernatural, I'm talking about the beyond the ordinary, supreme, glorious power of the eternal, omnipotent God. The things that God can do and does do that others cannot do. You can explain away to your own satisfaction if you choose to, a lot of things that God does by saying, well, that was a coincidence. I believe that God has a plan for our lives and supernaturally he's working out that plan for our lives and bringing that plan to fulfillment for us and in us and that that in itself is a continuous, daily, supernatural act of God. And so, I want you today to let your minds camp around God's Word with me on 
the basis of miracles are supernatural. There are some supernatural things that God does that may not be classified as a miracle, but are still supernatural acts of God, and we ought to praise God for them. I'll deal with some of that in the progress of this message this morning. The first important thing about not overlooking, which we should never overlook the miracles of God, the first important thing about that is that praising Him daily, praising God daily for what He has done is the path to seeing Him do more. If we're not praising God for what He has already done, why should we expect God to do even more than that? God wants to dwell in the praises of His people. And God wants to honor the praises of His people. If we come together, not necessarily corporately, but we come together around the throne of God, and we are there to praise Him and lift Him up, give His name glory, declare His honor, proclaim His holiness, that is pleasing to God. And when God does some great act, we ought to praise Him ongoing for that and never stop praising Him for any miracle He's given us. You'll never praise Him enough for any miracle He's ever brought into your life. So if we're praising Him for what He has done, it's proof that we're not just looking for the miracles and signs, but that our eyes and our faith are on Him. Most of you know that I, years ago, had a, uh, an extreme battle uh, with a physical illness, and I was at the point of death. And I know that uh, God raised me up from that. When the doctor said that, uh, uh, called all my family in and told them that uh, they needed to prepare for the worst, and, uh, and that they expected the worst. Those things did not happen that they said in all likelihood would happen, but, but uh, they expected the worst, and God intervened and gave me my life back. That was in 1988. It, it went on for some time after. It started on Valentine's Day of 1988 when I went into the hospital with acute promyelocytic leukemia. And uh, for days after that, I was, at the, I was at the point of death. But when God raised me up and restored me, he gave me my life back again. I went for regular times to checkups with the doctors. They had me go back. First, they had me go back every couple of weeks after I was out of the hospital. They had me go back every month. And then I went back every three months. And I went back every six months. It went on and on and on for three or four years. But every time they tested me, they, they found no traces of leukemia. But they kept me coming back because they wanted to be sure. One day I was in there with my precious little Cuban doctor. She had come over from Cuba on, if you remember, the Mariel boat lift. When they pushed people out of Cuba, the people that were undesirables, she was one of the undesirables they let get out. Thank God they did. She came to me and she said, Mr. Register, would you mind if I bring in some of our uh, interns? I want to introduce them to you because they've heard so much about you. I said, have they heard so much about me? Oh, yes. Yeah. She said, we talk about you here all the time. You're our miracle story. <laughs> 
She said, you're our miracle story. We tell about you all the time. Because people in this place, in this hospital, what we see every day is death. We see people coming here, and they come in here, and they die. But I, we always tell our interns, there's hope. And we tell them your story. And I said, bring them in. So they brought, they brought three young doctors in, and they shook hands with me, and asked me a few questions, you know. And, they, and, of course, I had no answer as to how anything happened except it's the Lord. I give God the credit for it. Later on, when I went to see my doctor, I saw her medically for the last time. I stayed in touch with her for a long time. But medic, for the last checkup, I went to see her. She said, well, you don't have to come back anymore. I said, so I'm well? She said, well, we don't say well. We say remission. But she said, you're cured. I said, okay, all right. So, so as I got ready to leave, I said, I have one more question to ask you, Dr. Cruz. How likely am I ever to have this disease again? She said, not any more likely than I am or anybody else that you meet every day. That, my friends, is a miracle. Now, I told you that. I told you that to tell you. It, when I tell it right now like this, this is not the only time I praise God for it. Most mornings, I won't say every morning, but most mornings when I get up and I look in the mirror and I, and I, I think, you're supposed to be dead. But praise God. And I praise God. Almost every day I praise God because he kept me here to be able to live for him and work for him. God gives us miracles. Now there's, there's always the danger, and we need to be careful of it. There's always the danger that we could be looking for miracles, signs and wonders, and not looking to the one who produces them. We've got to keep our eyes on the Lord who is the giver of miracles. It isn't the miracle, it's the maker of miracles that we want to seek. And when we do, when we do, God will lead us and he'll give us greater and greater answers to prayer. And he will show us victories that we have never had and never seen. There were people in the Bible who followed Jesus just because of the miracles. John chapter 6 is a perfect example of that. I cannot deal with all of it this morning, but I am going to give you the highlights of it. The very beginning of John chapter 6, verse 2, says, and a great multitude followed him because they saw his miracles, which he did on them that were diseased. That's why they followed him, because they saw his miracles. And once while they were following him, this great crowd of people, this throng of people that continued to grow, and they followed him uh, uh, regularly, daily they followed him. But then he came to a point that on one occasion they were out in the wilderness and the time came. They'd been a long time without eating. And he talked to his disciples about it. You know, you know the story very well. They had no food. They went to one young man, found five loaves of bread and two fish. And uh, Jesus took that and fed 5,000 people according to the scripture. And they were all carried away in the abundance of what Jesus did. Miracle production of food that they ate. And so after that, Jesus 
followed his disciples, ascended disciples across the Sea of Galilee to Capernaum. He got in another boat, or didn't get another boat, they got in the boat. He walked across the sea to meet them. And then the other people came around looking for him and knew he was gone. They got in all the boats that were left and went over to the other side to meet him. So they were over there with him. Now he begins to teach them. I preached a message on this on July 29th of last year, July 29th, 2014. And I called the body and the blood. And it's all about this part of John chapter 6. If you want to go look that up and reference it with this. But when he, when, when he began to teach them about the real bread. Saying to them, you came after me because you now want the bread that I have given you and you're looking for daily food. You're wanting somebody to provide food for you daily and give you food so that you will have free, as a miracle from God, all that you need. That's not the plan. Jesus said to them, you're looking for the bread that I gave you, that you want something like Moses had in uh, like children of Israel had in the wilderness when God gave them manna. But this, this is not God's plan now. He said, you can eat the bread of life, but I am the bread sent down from heaven. I am the bread of life. And they questioned it. They challenged it. They said, well, how can, we, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? And on and on they went in their, in, in their decision. Because what they wanted to do was to get free food. And Jesus said to them, your eye is on the wrong thing. You're following me because the bread was given to you, because the fish was given to you, because the food was delivered to you free. That's your motive in following me. But you should be following me because I am the true bread. And when you eat of my flesh, you'll never be hungry again. And when you drink the water that I give, you'll never thirst again. They could not receive that. He was trying to teach them his power and his provision. But friends, when we follow God, we have to learn. We have to know our faith, and understand this now when I say this, our faith is not based in the miracles. That's what they encountered. Their faith was based in the giving of the food. Our faith is not based in the miracles. Our faith is increased and strengthened by the miracles if we follow it with solid teaching of God's Word. But the fact is, our faith is based in the one who is the miracle. Our our faith is based in the one who provides the miracle. Our faith is based in the one who is the miracle himself. He said, I'm not just giving you bread, I am the bread. So we have to take God's Word and grow in God's Word, develop beyond the elementary level in God's Word to grow in the depth of Him if we want to really appreciate who God is and what He does and what He can do for us. These people couldn't receive that. John chapter 6 is a long chapter. It takes about 70 verses to get all this story told that this happened. But at the very end of the chapter, this is what it said about those people who were following him because of the bread. After this, after all this teaching that these people could not receive, after this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. The miracles were there. They had seen the miracles. They'd seen people healed. They'd seen the bread miraculously delivered to them. 
But when they learned that they weren't going to live by miracles, they turned back and didn't follow him anymore. We don't live by the miracles. We live by everything that the one who gives the miracle is. As a, it, may be, it, it may seem to you it's a distinction without a difference, but that's not so. This is a clear, definite distinction in God's Word that we need to understand. If we put our faith in the miracles, there'll be a disappointment. There'll be flesh, and there'll be following of the flesh. But if I put our faith totally in the Lord Jesus and let Him decide about the miracles, who He uses to bring the miracles, where He gives the miracles, and trust Him and believe Him, then we will see what God wants us to see, and when we have what God wants us to have, then we have the complete and total victory. Amen. That's good preaching, Pastor. I wish you need to. <laughs> but look, but look, God has done great things in our midst, and I, I, and I think we, I, we ought to praise Him and continue to praise Him for it. We've seen great things happen in the congregation of this church. Mighty things, powerful things. And you may not remember this, but a couple of years ago, Patsy Prince had a stroke. I remember when I went to the hospital, Orange Park Medical Center, I walked in the room, I thought, boy, this is tragic. This is tragic. Man, we need to pray. Uh, it, she probably doesn't even know that I was there. Uh, but then she got out so quickly, we said, well, it wasn't really a stroke out, just a TIA. She got out so quickly. But later on, when she went back to her doctor, and she was with her neurologist, and she said, well, I'm you know, here to get the results of that TIA I had. The doctor was looking at the results on the screen, and she said, well, you didn't have a TIA. You had a full-blown stroke. And, and Patsy said, well, if that's the case, why don't I have any of the, any of the complications of the stroke? Why don't I have any paralysis or speech or the things that come with a stroke? And, and the the doctor said, because of God. Amen. That's God. That's the doctor said. That's God. <laughs> Later on, she went to her family doctor, and she and Skip, her husband, were sitting there, and, and her family doctor is looking at all this scan of her brain and looking at all this. And he turned around, she said, and took her by the hands and said, you are a living miracle. She thought she had TIA also. Because she got over it so fast. And going to the doctor, two doctors told her, no, she had a miracle. A stroke followed by a miracle. And that's something to praise God for even today. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I think it's about time to challenge the devil on some of these things and stand up and declare what God does. Last July, I came in here. Now I'm going to talk about the supernatural as it, as it borders a miracle. You describe this as supernatural, describe it as a miracle, make it a conflux of the two. We can do all of that. But last July, I came into the service on the, the 20th of the month of 2014. And I had a message prepared that I was going to, to, uh, to deliver and when I stood up to make some comments, I started, I started making some comments that I hadn't planned. And as I made those comments, it just, it, just, it just kept on. You know, 
that's when the Holy Spirit takes over and he starts speaking the words he wants to be spoken. And so I started talking about the favor, how the favor of God and the blessing of God was going to come on the people sitting there that morning. And, and I, I started saying things, and I, I didn't know. I, I know how God does, but I will tell you this. Even, even when you know what God does and you're standing up there saying it, you're thinking, what if this doesn't happen? <laughs> whoa, whoa, Pastor. You're in trouble if some of this doesn't happen. Because I started saying, people, great things are going to happen to people sitting here today. You're going to find wonderful things happening. You're going to be blessed. This week, this week, you're going to be blessed like you haven't been blessed before. You're going to see things happen. You're going to, you're going to, people are going to give you cars. You're going to have insurance premiums come back to you. You're going to have, I even mentioned a, a, a painting. I didn't remember I'd even said that until Amy Gruen, who bought the painting, I think was the one who reminded me of it because she went out that week and bought a painting at a little store and, uh, and paid $50 for it, I think, $49 for it. And, and, and then when she got in and checked in and found out online, that painting was worth anywhere from five to $7,000. There's a testimony on, uh, that's been video recorded on that very thing. And I kept on saying those kinds of things. Uh, since then, powerful and powerful things started to happen. And, and we had people started to call in. They, they, there's telephones coming in I, telling us wonderful things that happened. Uh, I didn't get a, I didn't, you know, I didn't get a car quite free, but I got it way less than uh, $5,000 less than I was supposed, they said they would charge me on the phone when I went in there. And I said, I don't have that much, but I can give you this much, 5000 less than you're asking for it. And they took it. To me, that's somebody giving you five thousand dollars, <laughs> and 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 on and on and on those kind of things went. Melody, you had a you had a big insurance thing happen at that time. I can't remember the details of it right now. An insurance claim that was supposed to be settled. You've been fighting it for two years or something like that, right? And it got settled that week, and and to, in her favor, got settled. And then you found out. That there was another income from insurance that couldn't happen until the first thing got settled. And you didn't even know that it was there until after that got settled. Then that happened, right? <laughs> See, I'm just telling you, folks, this is real. Now, I'm up here standing saying all of these things. I don't know one single thing about any of this. But the gifts of the Spirit, the gift of the word of knowledge, the gift of prophecy... God speaks when he chooses to speak. I had not planned that in any way whatsoever. And in fact, if the Lord had showed me ahead of time to say this, I would have probably fought him all week long on that. I'm going to stand up here and say things like that. My heavens, I'm not going to say anything like that this morning unless God puts it right in my mouth and I've got to speak it. Because if you, if you stand up and declare things like that and say, this is the word of the Lord, you're preaching the word of the Lord, things like that, they better happen. You'd have a right to question me if they didn't happen. But they did all over the place they happened. So I'm telling you that God visits us with the supernatural, and we ought to praise him for that. That's the, my point. We need to keep praising God for what he's done because the more we praise God for what he has done, the more God will do for us. Hallelujah. 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 I, I want to read to you a little uh, 
This, now I'm talking about things that have happened, that, what I just told you happened a year ago. But you heard right here, people sitting right, right here, let me just ask you this. Is there anybody here who, you testified that week, or a year ago I'm talking about right now, and something happened, you received something unexpected, that was a blessing to you or your family, something Wonderful happened that week, and you remember it right now that God did that. Raise your hand right now. All over, anywhere. And, and, and then after, yeah, I see people all around, all around, you see here? And some of you that I just talked about. And uh, three weeks ago, Nelson came to me, and I said, I said something in the morning service. What did I say? That something was going to happen to somebody that week or that day or something. What did I say? I said what? Something was going to happen good to people that were something. And, and he had been on a temporary job. And the next day he got a letter saying that it was a full-time regular job. I didn't know that. But God did. God did. So I'm telling you that the Holy Spirit is moving and he moves supernaturally. I cannot predict that. Don't want to. I don't want to be responsible for that. But I do want to be yielded to the Lord so the Holy Spirit can say what he needs to say and wants to say. So God can do his mighty works in our midst. And he will. And he is doing them now. He is doing them now. Last Sunday. This is a report from last Sunday. If you read your email newsletter, which you ought to read every week, you read this. But I'm going to refresh it with you right now. This past Sunday morning. Ray, is it all right for me to tell this again? Okay. This past Sunday morning. See, all this is real because people are sitting right here. I'm not talking about things over yonder. I'm talking about things right here in Fleming Island at First Assembly. So this past Sunday morning, Ray Powell came to the altar, very distraught and very discouraged. And with tears in his eyes, he asked Carolyn to come and pray for him. He said, I'm not sure I even believe in God anymore. I'm doubting God. So Carolyn felt an anointing to pray for Ray. After the prayer, she said to Ray, do you do not doubt God? As soon as she spoke these words, Mary Dodge was standing there. She had come down from up here and walked down right around here and was standing right there. When they opened their eyes, Mary was standing right there. And Carolyn said, Mary, she said, you were kind of trembling, whether you remember or not. I tremble too when, I, when God told me something. I say, oh, Lord, I, this has got to be you if I'm going to say it. So, but she was kind of, uh, you're uncertain when you're ready to do something like this. But then she spoke to She hadn't heard a word that he had said. But she spoke to him and said to him, let me get my place here. I'm, I'm reading this. She said to him, she said, well, you've been doubting God. And God wants you to believe him and not doubt him. You have to look to the Lord in faith and read your Bible. Now, she had no way of knowing what Ray was telling Carolyn's down here. But the Spirit knew the whole thing. The Holy Spirit knew. And so the Holy Spirit sent him a word of knowledge. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. The Holy Spirit moves upon his body severally as he wills, using these gifts of the Spirit to reveal Jesus, to reveal God, to reveal the Holy Spirit's power to us. 
So he gave her words to say that matched exactly what Ray had just got through saying, but she didn't know what he had said. Now, there are some people sitting here, and I know you doubters are going to say, well, but you know, that's kind of ordinary. She didn't, he wasn't talking about climbing the Empire State Building, and she told him not to climb it. No, he would say, no, 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 no. You can explain away every supernatural work of God with some ordinary explanation if you choose to do it, and you can believe it if you choose to believe it. Or you can just believe God and know that what God says in his word is true, and God's power is real, and God's still moving in the midst of his body. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So at the end of the altar service, Dana Hammondry gave a message in tongues. I won't go into trying to teach about messages in tongues. If those of you understand it do, and someday you'll be in a teaching session where it'll be able to be made clearer to you if you don't understand it. She gave a message in tongues, and uh, David Rebar was sitting right here in the front row where he's sitting right now. And he knew he had the interpretation to the message. When we give a message in tongues publicly, we believe it's to be followed by interpretation. That's what Paul taught the Corinthians. So we don't have it unless it's followed by interpretation. So we were waiting, waiting, waiting. We're waiting. We're waiting for David. But he was, <laughs> he was waiting for David too, and he wasn't moving to do it. So now, when he didn't do it, because he was questioning himself, just like Mary probably questioned herself, just like I question myself when I'm getting ready to say something like that, I'm not so bold as to say I'm God's authority and God's spokesman. I, I, I want to be sure, and that causes me to some kind of be reticent, and I tremble a little bit when I'm saying some things that I know are out of the ordinary that God is telling me to say. So when that interpretation did not come forth, Melody Rios stood right here and, and gave the interpretation to that message. Now, here's what you don't know. In all of the time that Melody's been, she's been in Pentecost all of her life, she'd never given an interpretation, a message in tongues or, or an interpretation. Never had done that before in her life. There are probably a lot of you who have not done that, but most of you haven't been around Pentecost all your life and, and had that never happen to you. She'd never done it before. So when David called her that afternoon to say he should have was talking to her, because he said that while she was giving that interpretation, every word that she was speaking, he was he was saying the same thing right along with her as the Spirit gave it to him. Now, you can believe that or not. You don't, I'm not asking you how many of you stand up and say you believe that. You, just, you don't have to believe the supernatural if you don't want to believe it. But I'll tell you what I found out. I'm on the best side when I do believe it. Because the more I believe God can do supernatural things, the more supernatural things he seems to do for me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so he called her that afternoon and shared that with her, and, and that's when all this further information came out about it. So none of us had any way of knowing this Sunday morning when that happened. But God wants us to know about it. That's why David made contact with Melody, and then he called me and told me about it, and we got it out so we could put it before everybody and let you know there are some great, wonderful things that God is doing that you don't know about 
unless we declare them. And some things we don't hear about, we can't declare them. But when we know God is doing great, powerful, wonderful things, we've got to let it be known because we are a Spirit-filled church. We're following the Holy Spirit. We're doing what He wants us to do. And if we don't do that, we miss God. So there are a lot of people that after that came to the altar for salvation. People really were touched of God last week. So if you're from another church and your church doesn't teach this, I'm sorry. Not sorry, we do teach it. I'm sorry, yours doesn't. So I don't say that with anything other than it's honest. This is the power of God, and we want to live in the power of God. Folks, we're getting ready for a breakthrough from God like we've not seen before. This is the year of overflow. And God's overflowing. Hallelujah. God's overflowing. Glory to God. And if you're looking for something to go home and put on your Facebook page, I just gave it to you. Stop worrying about that cute little baby wearing diapers that toddling around with the flag and trying to get that on Facebook. Put on Facebook something that God's doing. Lift up God to the glory of his name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I may not even care that you got a big sale on crackers at Publix this week. But I do care if God's touched your life and given you a testimony to share with everybody for him. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Boy, I wish I could preach this good every Sunday. I mean, <laughs> uh, I, praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I know you know I'm being facetious when I say that. So, you know, there's an inevitable question that comes up. Inevitable question. It comes up in my mind all the time. And it is, why some and not others? You can say, well, some got greater faith. I'm not going to take that as an answer. I'm sure not going to take that God loves somebody better than he loves somebody else. That's not going to be an answer. I'm not going to say God just favors some and doesn't favor the others. I'm not going to take that either. So what are you going to give as the answer, Pastor? I'm going to say, I don't know. I don't know. I have constantly, over the years, I have struggled with Acts chapter 12. I, I, I know, I, this, let me back up and say this. What I do know is that God has the authority, every right to do things his way. That's what we have to accept. But in Acts chapter 12, it starts off by saying that Herod killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. He was one of the first ISIS members. He beheaded him cruel, evil man that he was. And the scripture says, when he saw that what he had done pleased the antagonistic Jews, he went out and immediately arrested Peter and put him in jail. Why do you think he arrested him? Because he was going to kill him just like he did James. They liked it when he killed James. He said, they'll like it even better when I kill Peter. He went out and had him arrested and thrown in jail. He was going to have him killed. I have no doubt that was his motive. He put him in the jail, chained him so he couldn't get away. And the people in the church started to pray. And then a great earthquake, a shaking of the prison occurred. Uh, 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 Peter was set free. 
He got up and walked out thinking he was walking out in a vision, and it found out it was later it was true. And, and, and when he went to the, to the door to knock on the door where the believers had gathered in prayer, little Rhoda came to the door, and she said, oh, it's Peter. She locked the door, didn't let him come in, went and tell everybody. They didn't believe it. I thought it would be too critical of them for not believing it because I would just simply say, what had happened to James, it took a lot of faith to believe Peter after being put in that dungeon was going to be set free. They were praying and hoping. Now, maybe not praying and believing, they're praying and hoping. But God set Peter free. Now, why? Other than you can, I say what I just said, God has a right to work his plan his way. But why would God let James be killed by Herod and then when Simon Peter was arrested and Herod same, was the same motive, why would he set Simon Peter free? James had a great ministry as well. Remember, he had been close to Jesus in that inner circle all those years. Peter, James, and John. Peter, James, and John. You read it all the time. He was close to Jesus. He was a servant of God. He was a leader of the people, leader of the Christians. But when Herod arrested him... He cut off his head, and James' life on earth came to an end. He arrested Simon Peter and threw him in jail with the intention of doing the same thing, but God sent a great shaking and earthquake to set Simon Peter free and give him continued ministry to walk on and serve the Lord and preach the gospel. Why? 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 The only answer I can give you is that God has his own supernatural plan. God has a design, and God is the creator who is authorized to make the design and make the plan, and he has the authority and the power to carry out the plan. So I am going to say to you, I'm willing to leave that to God. I don't know why some people have a heart attack and get healed and live a vibrant life, and some people get a heart attack and die. Same thing with a stroke. Why somebody gets healed and another one has to go limping through life with the results of it. I don't know, but I do know this. I know that God wants the best for us. I know that God's plan for us is for our good. I know that Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11 speaks the truth when when he says that he has a plan for us and his plan for us is good. His plan for us is favor. His plan for us is victory. I know that his plan for us to be fulfilled in us is going to bring glory to his name. And that's what I'm willing to leave it at. I'm willing to leave it in the hands of God. But what I am going to do for myself, I'm going to keep praying and seeking God and asking God for his victory, asking God for his glory, asking God for the things I expect him to do for me, and I'm going to trust him to do it. And if he doesn't do it, I'm going to trust him anyway. I started, I, st- I shouldn't tell you some of the things that I do. I started praying this week, Lord, I want you to give me this many more years. I told the Lord how many. I want you to give me this many more years with the same health. Because I've been sick a little bit this past week. Not anything, but just drained, I think. Not physically sick, really. But I said, I I want you to give me this many more years, and I want you to give them to me the same health and the same vibrancy, same strength of body to be able to do everything I can do right now for this many more years. 
But if you decide not to do that, Lord, it's all right for you to go ahead and take me home too. That's all right with me. I'll let, you, I'll let that be your choice. But if you're going to leave me here, leave me here with strength and the ability to do what you want me to do and do something that will give me a, a, a standing with you to bring victory, to preach the word, to declare your truth, to say those things that you've put in my heart and taught me over the years to share with somebody else. Just keep me vibrant, Lord, as long as I'm here. I'd like for you to keep me here this much longer. But if you don't, that's all right, too, as long as while you do keep me here, I just stay vibrant and whole and full of health. I'm not quite sure altogether that that's the way to pray, but I'm going to pray that way anyhow, James. That's the way I'm, that's the way I'm, I'm going to do it anyway. And God chooses to do it another way. I'll just thank him for that and praise him for that and give God the glory for whatever he does anyway. Hallelujah. Let's everybody stand, please. Everybody standing. Hallelujah.